0: What is up everyone welcome to my podcast legit cool where i review recap rank movies and tv series i take a massive deep dive into what makes it really good what makes it average and maybe what makes it not so good i strip back all the details it's a complete analysis on the entire movie and tv series and today is a continuation from the disney plus marvel studios series hawkeye and hawkeye is the fifth installment of Disney Plus series that Marvel Studios is bringing out as a part of phase four Uh, so that is the extension of the Marvel Cinematic Universe (coughs) and um today's episode is going to be on episode three the latest one which came out two days ago Um, I should have actually released this episode yesterday but I got a little bit busy and I got uh plummeted under the weight of my own work (laughs) so but I'm here today We're going to do episode three. We're going to talk a lot about it. And there is a lot of great things to say about this. And there's a couple of small nitpicks uh, that I have an issue with in the episode. But we're going to dive straight into it. But before we get into it, if you are new to my channel, thank you. First, thank you for dropping in and showing your support. If you're coming back again as a regular listener. Thank you so much for coming back as a regular listener. I appreciate the support and it really helps my podcast if you do enjoy this by the end of it make sure you hit the notifications button um and just so you know when the next episode drops okay so let me just take a quick recap onto episode two uh clinton and kate have been caught by the tracksuit mafia and kept in an unknown location inside a warehouse like all kidnapping scenarios which ones aren't right Clint is clearly not phased at being caught insofar as wanting to get information on who is the head of the pack. Clear the name of Kate from being associated with the Ronin, only to make things more complicated as Kate foolishly falls through the skyroof windows in an attempt to save Clint, which of course ruins Clint's plans. Closing off the episode, we have a close up of actress Alaquia. Alaquia, I think is how you pronounce your name. A close up of actress Alaquia cox playing the deaf character maya lopez aka echo on to episode three. Oh, i did a pretty good job at recapping episode two huh uh-huh. <laughs> on to episode three so this episode is actually the first one that is directed by bert and Bertie, who are uh, two female collabs partnership collabs um who i'm not really familiar with their work but i saw a couple of interviews with them and how they're excited about doing the Hawkeye series didn't realize that they were only doing a few episodes i was under the impression that these guys were going to do all six episodes but clearly i was wrong the last two episodes were directed by the showrunner reese thomas and so now it's been passed on to bird and birdie to do episode three and I believe they're just doing episode three. Am I wrong? Am I right? No, I am wrong. They're doing episode three, four, and five, just not the last episode. <laughs> um, also, excuse me. I'm still kind of sick. This is kind of annoying. It's like dragged on so long. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. <clears throat> so forgive me and make sure you have a bit of patience with this episode while I sniff and cough a little bit. <laughs> um, so yeah, this this episode starts off with actually a flashback with uh, maya lopez the deaf character aka echo it's a really cool flashback it actually goes to 2007 which is a year before iron man before tony Stark becomes iron man i thought that was pretty interesting i i started to think there is an intention as to why they wanted to say 2007 i'm not sure what that intention is maybe i'm just over speculating thinking that perhaps there's going to be some kind of a connection to the year after when tony Stark becomes iron man i don't know i just thought at the time that the episode opens up and it says 2007 i'm like oh the first thing that i thought to myself was like oh iron man 2008 but i'm probably just totally wrong about that um just maybe coincidental more than anything so we get a backstory of maya lopez which is great um they they demonstrate to us that she's clearly a deaf character um she's going through school maybe struggling a little bit to be a part of um the the norm so to speak the norm of which she's the only deaf character and everybody else is normal they have hearing (laughs) and um they take their time and actually showing us that background and showing us the relationship between her and her father which i think was really key in adding the layers of uh emotional trauma and adding the layers of uh her becoming this kind of vengeful or a character that's going to be on a revenge quest to redeem her father's uh murder murder death murder death murder mystery to redeem her father's death (laughs) um we we go in to find out that her father was actually murdered by Ronan, aka Clint Barton, aka Hawkeye, and um, I kind of knew that the episode was going to take us to that point. You know, why is Echo even a part of this whole series? And um, I knew at some point they're going to show us the connection between Echo and Ronan, aka Hawkeye, and of course it's it's due to some kind of family death. Uh, what I noticed in the in the episode two or just in this beginning part, I noticed that her father. Was wearing a tracksuit so he's clearly a part of the tracksuit mafia we don't know to what extent he's involved in the tracksuit mafia but it seems that he had a heavy involvement also it seems that way um that scene finishes and then we get into the continuation from episode two into this episode here um so it, it had a really good strong start and i think most of the episodes have really strong starts and this one ends up becoming a action-packed adventure uh high chase scenarios lots of really good action it's probably the most action we've seen so far and um there's just there's so many cool things that happen I do have a bit of an issue with some of the action set pieces but I'll get into them as I just journey throughout the episode so so we see that Clint and Kate are still stuck in the warehouse, <laughs> and um, Clint and Kate are just trying to figure out what are they, what's the what's going to be the next move. And what I like here is that we get a strong, developed demonstration of their chemistry together, Kate and Clint. These guys, these guys are match made in heaven. They are so good on screen together. The chemistry is tangible. You don't even you don't even doubtful once that these guys are not a good pair. They're just They're so in sync with each other. The rhythm is great. They're bouncing off each other in a way that they just feel like sort of that buddy cop type partnership. You know, I made a reference about um, Lethal Weapon, uh, that whole buddy cop partnership. And I think it's very similar to that. You know, without the adult themes of uh, Lethal Weapon and without the crass humor of (laughs) Lethal Weapon, but these guys show similar chemistry. Maybe even similar to um what's his name jackie chan and chris tucker can't remember their character names in russia but you know that kind of really fun buddy cops thing so i just love it when these guys are on screen to screen together this series is at its best when we see them on full display trying to deal with all the hurdles that are coming their way so i think that's really cool uh, I actually forgot to mention in the opening sequence with the flashback to see the background of Echo. There's a really important part to that scene, and that important part is um, she's in she's in the uh, dojo. She's learning karate. We you know we find out that she's um, she does have a background in fighting, and maybe this was her father's way of trying to teach her some discipline around fighting and protecting herself. And during the end of that dojo part, uh, her father says, your uncle is going to take over and he's going to take you home or something along those lines. And when this figure shows up, the father, uh, the uncle figure, when the uncle figure shows up and just caresses her cheek and has a little bit of a giggle. I mean, as soon as I saw that figure come into screen, come into frame and the hand come out, I'm like, holy shit, this is, this is totally Wilson Fisk. Like, <laughs> there's, like, no doubt that the uncle is going to be Wilson Fisk. And I do remember some people theorizing that this could be the show where we start to incorporate the other characters from the Netflix Marvel sh- series Daredevil. And people were sort of thinking maybe Wilson Fisk shows up in this TV series. and I, I don't know where that rumor came from or how it started. I don't know what the root of that rumor was. But it might have just been people... Like you it, it might have just been fans happily theorizing about the potential for this, right? Because it's based in New York City, it's all very ground level threat type stuff, and all the ground level threat type stuff doesn't go beyond uh mafia and and gang warfare and all that type of stuff. And if you don't know who Wilson Fisk is if you don't know who Wilson Fisk is, Wilson Fisk is the pretty much the gang lord of new york city he runs all the crime um crime operations and he's basically the head of the snake right we all we all know him as kingpin and kingpin is a prominent figure in marvel comics and also in the daredevil tv series and is pretty much the arch nemesis to uh charlie cox Uh, charlie cox is actually the main (laughs) the real life actor Uh, matt murdock aka daredevil so um every time this uncle figure is mentioned in this episode you just know immediately that this is highly likely wilson fisk um kingpin so anyway so, so that was a bit of a nerdy moment right at that right at the scene and then as that scene finishes it gets into the whole marvel oh not the marvel logo but the hawkeye title credits um yeah so back back in the warehouse they're trying to escape and and this is kind of the first breakout action set piece that we see for the episode and it kind of sets the tone for how much action we're going to see or it kind of foreshadows the rest of the action set pieces throughout the episode it's so so good and this warehouse scene we we actually for the first time see clint Barton pick up the bone arrow again and it's been god knows how long I don't, I don't know how long it's been since he last picked up the bone arrow probably i mean without including in-game because in-game is clearly when he's still using it but in that full throttle uh bow and arrow action that we normally see hulk i do i th- i want to say age of ultron probably the last time we saw him do that um maybe oh sorry civil war civil war would be the last time we see him in all action. so anyway we see a lot of that displayed in this and it's so good it's like riding a bike for him um <clears throat> And then we see how clumsy kate bishop is and we also see how nervous she is because it's a reminder of of how young she is she's 22 years old right and she's nervous as heck on how she's gonna operate under the circumstances of um adult violence and guns and bow arrows flying everywhere and it's really cool she holds her own she does these really cool sweeping kicks around a big pole i think is what she does it on and um she really holds her own um and there is a there is a part in this episode uh, there is a part in this particular scene in the warehouse uh where i appreciated it a lot it was the dialogue between hawkeye echo and i can't remember his name the other character who's kind of the translator for echo because echo is communicating in sign language because she's deaf of course. And she's having a she's having a dialogue with Hawker, trying to figure out who you are, why you're involved with this, but why do you know why do you know about Ronan? You know, what is your whole thing with this? And so she's communicating to him while her right hand man is translating. So that three-way conversation is a really great dynamic in how they convey that conversation. I just, I just felt so engaged when I was watching that part, and a big re- big reveal here is that Clint clearly needs to lie about who Ronan is, and um, I don't think, I don't think uh, Echo is going to buy it for once. I mean, I guess she kind of buys it in the scene, but then later on we figure out that she doesn't really buy the fact that he says to her that Ronan is or was Natasha Romanoff. Uh, aka black widow and i was super shocked when he said natasha romanoff i was like wow he's throwing her best friend on the bus but then i quickly realized that he needed to say that to a cover his tracks and b give it make it make it as if like the ronin character is someone that just died previously and that's what she actually pinpoints she says oh, okay so you're saying that natasha romanoff who is dead is ronin who is also dead how convenient is that and so she doesn't really bite in the scene but she lets it go and the scene carries on and then they just manage to escape um <clears throat> what's really cool is the whole episode is actually very much centered around their chemistry and their willingness to cooperate with each other to work alongside so that they are never going to get themselves into um fatal situations together so um, that relationship grows quite immensely as it not just goes through these action set pieces but it also shows um when they're sitting down just having a meal together trying to discuss what's going to be their next move Uh, all these scenes are really well fleshed out and it's just it's adding those layers of development for their partnership Uh, you know there's actually um um the, the action set piece where they're on the bridge, and Hawkeye has all these different trick errors, right? And these trick errors are really fun. And there's one in particular that I didn't actually see coming, and it just makes a lot of sense. It's, it's a big payoff on a previous movie. And that trick area, you probably know what I'm talking about, is the one where it says pim uh, Tech, which is uh, Hank, Pym, Hank Pym Tech, the Ant-Man technology. It's so good. As soon as I see that, I was like, oh, he's going to... F- get to fire the arrow into the sky and he's gonna make it explode and expand into a bigger arrow, and sure enough, it does. It's such a cool episode. And that's kind of paying off the um, partnership that he has with Ant-Man in Civil War. Um, I thought that was really cool. It's a big nerdy moment. Uh, Probably to, to a lot of people actually watching this series and have no knowledge of the previous movies or incarnations of Hawkeye. Um, they're probably going to be super confused as to how this even happens. So uh, probably not ideal to uh, uninformed audiences and viewers, but very much a uh, sort of homage to, not a homage, but very much a signal to the fans of the MCU. Um, and so I just like how they go in and out of the the action pieces, uh, go back into them... Having a conversation with each other showing them in different parts of new york and how they're traveling to get away from the tracksuit mafia while also investigating the tracksuit mafia It's sort of a back and forth one part trying to figure out the mystery behind the murder of uh jack Hu- jack Russo, jack do say do oh man i can't remember his last, <laughs> his last name <laughs> Uh, Jack Duque trying to figure out the um, who murdered Jack Duque's uh, uncle which we all clearly know that is Jack Duque himself um, and then on top of that they're trying to figure out who's at the head of the Traxie Mafia which um, there's just so much happening in this series and especially in this episode there's a lot that they try and uncover and there's a lot that they try and do but it doesn't feel overwhelming like the subplots and the major plot they all seem to work well and balance with each other there's never really anything overwhelming about it and that's i think what makes it more enjoyable is that it's easy to follow um there's not there's not there's no point in the episode where you feel like you're bombarded with too much information um so that's such a big bonus to this um that nitpick that i was talking about um Earlier on, uh, to do with the action set pieces, even though it was such a great chase sequence, um, the nitpick, and it's probably actually more than a pick, is that the CG looked really, really off. Um, I mean, these guys have a budget of like 110 million. How did they not manage to pull off good CG? <laughs> Just everything looked like a green screen, and um, and maybe some of the trick arrows looked a little bit too CG um and most of my mates that know me really well and my movie nerdiness uh, i never have a problem with cg and in fact i'll I'll go out on a limb and say that no one has a problem with cg we only have a problem with bad cg if we can see it then it becomes an issue it pulls you out of the moment and it just makes you focus on how bad that cg is as opposed to what's happening um to the characters and what's happening in the story and all that kind of stuff so there are some pretty awful green screen moments and i'm kind of like it's, it's a little little awkward when you're watching it because you're trying to root for how good the scene is being directed and how well it's been written but then but then you have this kind of annoying piece of cg that's like stabbing you right in the middle and going oh that's that's not really good to look at <laughs> um that's the only thing that I'd say bad about those action pieces and probably the only negative thing that I'd say about this episode. I mean, it's so enjoyable. There's just so much humor. There's a lot of charisma. There's a lot of heart in this. And that heart is actually... It, it's is displayed in a way where you feel for what Clint's going through. You feel for what Kate's going through. But, it, but I think this episode's more so about um how we feel um in regards to our relationship with clint barton there's one scene in particular where he's he's lost his hearing aid right we we saw that explode right at the beginning of the episode he lost his hearing aid so everything is just completely deafened for him and oh by the way i love how the directors go in and out of the um what the characters the deaf characters are experiencing or partial partial deafness for Hawkeye himself But I love how the directors go in and out of what they're experiencing and what we're experiencing as people who can fully hear. That's actually really cool. I love the way they've done that. And so with Clint, he's partially deaf or not, if not almost deaf. Um, We get to see and listen to what he's experiencing in the apartment. He's opening the fridge and everything is just blocked out. And the phone rings and he doesn't realize the phone is ringing until he turns around. Um, Does he turn around? I can't remember what he does. Yeah, he he turns around and, yeah, he he starts to realize that the phone is ringing only because Kate says that the phone is ringing. (laughs) And so um, he can't hear what what his son, his son is the one that's calling, right? And he can't hear what his son's saying. And so Kate walks in and she translates for him by just writing it down on a piece of paper um and it's oh man it's such a great scene between the both of them you know like i was saying before how um how incredibly well developed their partnership is getting even and we're only up to episode three um this this is a scene that is displayed or demonstrated in a way to show us how good these guys are together and so this communication piece that they have um while she's translating she's translating what clint's son is saying on on the phone, and he's responding by what he's seeing written down on the paper, which is coming from Kate. And Kate's like so in the moment there, like she she does so much without really saying anything. The way she conveys that whole thing because she's listening to the to the dynamics that he has and the strong relationship that he has with his son, and she's feeling a lot for what he's going through. And it's just oh, it's just such a good moment. It's a great piece of writing and a great piece of direction. And when clint is is thinking about how much he wants to get home back to his kids because how much he loves his kids it's like i had a i had a moment there because because i i connect and i relate so much to character because i've followed him since um since the avengers movie or even since uh, iron man 2 um i'm oh, sorry thor is it thor or iron man 2 no sorry thor uh, it's the first time we ever get to meet Clint. So I've had a relationship with him all the way up until now. And so I feel what he's going through. And it's just such a moment. I get so many feels um, when, this, uh, when this scene plays out. And I was like, ah, I was like close to crying. I was like, yeah, goddamn, this is, this is a very emotional scene. <laughs> because he just, he, he, he wants to get back to his family, you know, let him go back to his family. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's just such a great moment between him and Kate. Uh um and actually come to think of it i think this whole episode is really just about how strong they're becoming partners you know and and how this is clearly setting up to him realizing that kate is a person that's going to be able to manage on her own this is a person that's that's going to be able to be strong enough have the confidence and have the skills to be able to take over the hawkeye title yeah, such a good scene. Such a good episode. Really, really good episode. Um, as we actually get to the end of it, and this is actually another one of those episodes where it felt so quick. Even though the episode is, uh, I think it's like 48 minutes. It's actually the shortest one out of all of them. It actually felt like it was 20 minutes or 15. It flew by so fast. I was kind of gutted by the time it ends it, um, by the time it gets to the end. So it ends off with them uh trying to think of the next move they go back to the mansion uh where kate's um home is and they just try and investigate what is going to be the next move they try and tap into the bishop security um interface or or the program trying to fish for some fish for some more information she gets blocked out and clint walks to the end of the hallway because he hears someone and as he's walking to the end of the hallway he gets into the next room and then sure enough it's Jack Duque with the Ronin sword puts it up to his neck and says don't move or something like that and then we end the episode and I was like oh no (laughs) um it was so enjoyable it was very very enjoyable it's got heart it's got charisma It's got emotion. It's got action. It's just so well written and so well directed. Bird and Birdie just done a stellar job directing this episode. And the more I think about this episode, the more I'm starting to believe that it is the best out of the three. Um, At first when I watched it, I was like, man, this is on par with episode one and two, because I think episode one and two were great starters. And, but I, I think the more I think about it and I've sort of skipped through this episode um right now while i'm talking about it um i'm just gonna say it's actually the best one out of all of them and that actually makes sense that the episode is called echoes because this is really like the theme in this episode is about the translation or the communication across characters and and i guess what the directors are trying to say is that the communication is echoing across um a group of people, as opposed to conversations being about one or two persons, because you have a deaf character and then you have a partially deaf character, almost deaf. Okay. <laughs> so, what a clever way to title or subtitle the episode with echoes. And it's also obviously um, signifying uh, Maya Lopez's character, who is called Echo. Uh, so great setup for her character learning about her background we're still unsure on on what role she's going to continue to play throughout the series they are trying to say to us that she is the main villain but I highly doubt that I think the main villain is actually going to be Wilson Fisk aka Kingpin Um, because it just doesn't seem like the series is going to be that small in regards to a villain that we've met now who doesn't she doesn't really give off a lot of threatening uh presence because um she just doesn't seem like that kind of character at least it's, that's just all we've really known about her is we can kind of tell that she is working for somebody and that somebody is her uncle they they do mention between her and the other dude whatever his name is Kazi Kazi's his name um who I think is also the cousin of of Maya Lopez uh, they do mention that you um something about how we cannot make up uh, make uncle upset and that uncle is referring to that figure that we see at the beginning of the episode in the flashback which is wilson fisk it's totally wilson fisk (laughs) um so yeah it would seem to me that there is a bigger and greater villain to the show and that villain is not going to die per se in this tv series and instead it's going to set up how that villain is going to contribute to the greater mcu if not to more and more tv series that's revolved around new york A.K.A. <clears throat> She-Hulk, maybe you know who knows. Um, so yeah, it would just be exciting to see Wilson Fist come into play, and you know when we, if it is Wilson Fist, we know for sure that Matt Murdock is going to be introduced some way or another in some form or shape uh, into the MCU. So that's all pretty cool and exciting. Um, I mean that's all I really want to say about this episode. It's so good. I mean I'm loving the series so far. Are you guys loving this series? You know, are you guys finding that the series is not good enough or is it, is it living up to your expectations? You should let me know in the DMs or in my comments when I post up on Instagram and Facebook. But I'm going to bring this episode to an end. Um, like I said at the beginning of the show, if you do like this, make sure you hit the notifications button so you can see when the next episode drops. Um, you can do that on all the platforms. I'm on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, and whatever podcast streaming service you're listening to right now, of course. Um, Make sure you follow me on Instagram. My Instagram tag is at Legit Cool podcasts. My Facebook page is called Legit Cool hyphen movies and sometimes TV series reviews. And um, yeah, thank you so much for listening on in. Uh, My name is River Ville, and I will catch you in the next episode of Legit Cool. Bye for now.